there. Thanks for joining us on the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is where pastors and members of Christ Covenant can process the sermon, ask questions, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you do have a question you would like to have dialogued, please use our text-to-pastor line at 404-465-1737. And if you'd like to find more resources, visit ChristCovenant.com slash resources. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Well, I'm joined today by the Covenant Counseling Department, the Covenant Counseling Center, the all-star of the Covenant Counseling Center, the all-stars, I should say, Liz Franchot and Lou Priolo. Guys, welcome. So glad y'all are here. Hello. I thought y'all would be helpful for this because we're talking about something that is actually, you know, I think foundational to the counseling ministry. Uh, It's not that the counseling ministry is all... uh, uh, confession of sin or understanding sin and dealing with sin, but it it certainly is like largely that, right? I mean, I think a lot of times sin patterns can develop in people's hearts that they may or may not even realize, and it's it's identifying those, dealing with those, uh, inviting the care, and then I would also say prayer of the church into those uh, that really leads to a great healing, and mm-hmm. I think y'all see Definitely. that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about how, you know, the connection between sin and suffering, you know, and I think you made a great point of that yesterday, like, is anyone sick, you know, um, and it could be an emotional sickness, it's not necessarily a physical one. So um, I, I'm just excited that we're discussing this as a church and being able to implement it. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I think I think one of the things that, you know, and Liz, I'm sure you're amazing at this too. I've kind of sat in or watched Lou counsel more. I, I feel like one of the gifts that you really have, Lou, is what I would call like the diagnostic skill. Yeah. Um, I think you're really good at saying like, this is that and naming the sin, uh, which I think is really, you know, to your point, Liz, like a lot of times people are like, okay, I know I've got issues in my marriage or I know I've got issues with this person or I know I feel depressed or I know... I feel, you know, fearful or whatever. They, they can kind of get around it. But but what is the what is the thing that's uh, pushing toward that? And so uh, w- when we when we talked about confession, there was really two big points yesterday. We talked about confession and prayer. We said, you know, the first point, the sub point of confession was confession and healing. You have to be able to name the sin. You have to be able to, like, confess and identify uh, what the sin is in order to really start to pursue healing. Yeah, you really can't repent of a sin if you don't know specifically what the sin is that you repented. I mean, you could generally say, you know, that was selfish or inconsiderate. But again, the greater precision we can use as we identify our sin in biblical terms, not in the words that man's wisdom teaches, but that which the Holy Spirit teaches, interpreting spiritual problems in spiritual terms, um, the, the greater sense that we have that we are doing business with God that we've identified our sin. And you're right. A lot of times it's easy for us to see the sins of actions, the sins of words, maybe the sins of attitude. But in biblical counseling, we have to go beyond that and look at the sinful thought patterns that people have and the unrighteous desires, the idolatrous desires that they have. Uh, And that's where it's often helpful to have uh, someone else you know, you have to kind of, no, we're good. Like Liz and I are good asking questions, but 
The questions we ask are designed in part to get the people we're counseling to confess what the issues are, and then we'll we'll help them with great specificity go back to the scriptures, diagnose the problems in biblical terms, because you really can't solve a problem unless you first diagnose it in biblical terms. And so we really can't help them with the biblical solution to the problem if we're still guessing about what the right, issue yeah. is. And then another element of that, so you have the easier things, you know, the words and the actions, and sometimes you can see your attitude, sometimes you can't. You don't know what kind of spirit you were of, Jesus says to the two guys who wanted to call down fire and brimstone from heaven. But then sometimes um, it's a matter of sins of omission. You know, we're, we're, we're really quick to yeah. recognize our sins of commission. And for what it's worth, in my experience, men seem to struggle with this more than women. Um, we think in terms of, oh, that was sin, that was wrong. But like, what about the sins that you committed, the, the sins of omission that you committed or neglected to commit? Thoughtlessness, inconsideration, ingratitude, those kinds of things. And just, just, to, so, just to pursue clarity with our listeners, yeah. can you quickly give like a, a 10 second, what is the difference between a sin of commission and a sin of omission? What are we talking about there? Uh, a sin of uh, commission is something that you've done that the Bible says you shouldn't do. A sin of omission is something that the Bible says you should have done, but neglected. Right. So it's do. like commit commission right omit Omit. i didn't yeah yeah exactly and so so getting back to that it's kind of like it it is a lot like physical health right like you should be exercising you should be eating right you need vitamin c or whatever but if you have a particular ailment you need particular care and i think that that is really one of the things that the counseling center does so well Uh, and some of those are not just some of those are related to sins that have been committed against you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sins that have been committed against you oftentimes beget in you other kinds of sins, sometimes even the same sins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's true of my life. Yeah. A lot of my sin tendencies are related to, uh, you know, s- sins that, you know, I've been subject to. And sometimes it's, you know, I think one of the things that y'all can help people do is identify okay, look, this is what you're doing and this is why you think this is normative because this sin has been committed to you. And and, and so, but I do think that's so helpful as saying, but I do have this problem and I do need a solution to this problem. And once you have that, then you can actually create an attack plan. And there, there are two things I try to help people look out for when they're sinned against. One is their, their sinful external responses being vindictive, giving the person the the cold shoulder, responding in sinful anger. But we also try to help them identify the sinful thought patterns that they have. What was going through your mind? What are you telling yourself in light of the way that person has sinned against you? And then there's the right response, internal response. You overlook a transgression as best you can. You cover a transgression Mm -hmm. in love as best you can. And then sometimes Jesus says you actually have to go to that person who sinned against you uh, and respond and confront mm-hmm. that person convicted. And if you don't do that, guess what? You may be sinning in certain circumstances. Yeah. I think this is makes us like different than the world. And even like in the old Testament where it says, you know, an eye for an eye um, and Jesus is like, you know, we have this new commandment, you know, to love one another, even when we are being, um, 
persecuted sinned or against. sinned against. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's very difficult to to not want to return evil for evil or like want that justice immediately. But um, when we are able to talk through how to overcome evil by doing good, it's um it's just a it's so powerful because it, 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 it you can see the freedom that is happening in that person's heart when they're not holding bitterness towards mm-hmm. someone, when they're not withholding forgiveness towards someone. One of the verses we rely on a lot in counseling is Proverbs 28, 13. He who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes his sin mm-hmm. will find mercy. And sometimes when you don't confess your sin, sort of like David when he covered up his sin with Bathsheba for so many months, um, we have the sense that something is not right between ourselves and the Lord. And of course, that is true. We must confess. We must be willing to forsake our sins. Now, sometimes we need help, like you said, not only in identifying, but then help in figuring out, okay, well, how exactly, what's the, what does repentance look like here? Like, what exactly am I supposed to do to, to repent uh, of this particular sin? And that's where often biblical counseling um, comes in. But the point is, if you cover it, uh, you won't prosper. If you confess it and forsake it, you'll find mercy. And even, not only mercy from God, mercy from other people, but in a sense, mercy from yourself in the sense that you've known, okay, I've done my business with mm-hmm. God. I've confessed it. As best I know, I'm, I'm forsaking it. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so now my conscience is is clear. Right. And, and, and one of the helps in that that we talked about yesterday was that kind of like fourfold confession plan it's it, it's not really a confession plan it's 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 it, it leads to confession um but it's really kind of like a fourfold checkup like <clears throat> things that should be true of your spiritual life and i i think that this includes you know the idea of commission and omission so one is rhythms right i think every christian i think obviously you guys would attest and affirm this you want to have great rhythms in your life um the rhythm of corporate worship is one. The rhythm of Bible study is one. The rhythm of prayer is one. The rhythm of generosity giving is one. The rhythm of sharing your faith. The rhythm of being in community with other believers. The rhythm, um, uh, you know, of uh, you know participating in the mission of God. I mean, there are certain rhythms. A lot of these we would capture them in you know the behaviors, the nine behaviors that we talk about at Christ's covenant? Are there the rhythm of family worship? Are there good rhythms in your spiritual life? The second is purity. And this is kind of more the commission. Like, are you sinning? Or is, there, is there a sin in your life? Are you given over to anger? Are you given over to sexual sin? Are you given over to uh, uh, some sort of uh, jealousy? Are you given over um, to greed, um, et cetera, et cetera? Um, and, and are those showing up in your life? I think that's a good way to put it. There's a difference between stumbling occasionally with a sin and giving yourself over yeah. to it. The way I like to say, yeah, is, is, is pattern of unrepentant sin. Is there a right. pattern of unrepentant sin in your right. life? Right. And then the third is stewardship. Um, are you stewarding the things the Lord's given you to steward really well? So, for example, um, you know, Lou, God has given you a stewardship uh, of being a husband to Kim. Um so part of you walking with the Lord is that you're living with Kim in an understanding way, that you're providing for her needs, you're caring for her. With Same thing with your children, same thing with your work. Are you stewarding your work well? 
Um, are you stewarding your friendships well? I think that's an important one too. Are you mm-hmm. being a good friend? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, God's given us all of these stewardships. Are we doing it well? And then the last is, are you participating in the mission of God? Are you sharing your faith? Are you concerned with the global lost, um, et cetera, et cetera? So I don't know. I'm curious y'all's thoughts on like that pattern. Um, you know, would you encourage, how would you encourage Christians toward something like that? Well, I mean, the first thing yeah. we do is to ask our people to make a commitment if they're not in the habit of doing it, is to read their Bible every day, even if it's just for 10 minutes a day. So we, and of course, we encourage people to attend church, to utilize the um, to utilize the small groups and the other resources that they have here. But account- accountability is is a big thing. Sometimes when people come in for counseling, it's the insight. They get an insight that they've never understood before. They didn't understand what the Bible said about this. They didn't know how to apply it to their life. But very often, what counseling provides is not so much new insight. It's accountability. They know what the Bible says. They know what they're supposed to do. But there's no one to hold them accountable on a regular basis. And the silver bullet is not necessarily the insight. It's the accountability right. that the counseling provides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we um just oh, go ahead. Sorry, Elise. yeah, just to piggyback on that. Yeah, um, yesterday we had our class um in the morning. Uh, we have a, a a counseling class that people are getting trained in biblical counseling, and anyone from the church, anyone from outside the church, can just stop in and yeah, you know, and and it really fit in with um, the sermon and and how how the Holy Spirit is leading us to confession. The, the Holy Spirit leads us to all truth. The Word of God illuminates what's in our heart right you know and then the church provides the you know that space that covenant space where we can play you know work this out and it's just well and and i think i think a good point here too is these these three things i totally agree with that they work together right Mm -hmm. and so um i know people that have tremendous amount of bible knowledge but they're not spirit-filled people they're not in the church, they're not submitting themselves really to it. And so they have just tons of Bible knowledge, but it's not really changing their life. I also know people that are in churches uh, and they're very committed to those churches, but they're not really like Bible churches. Um, and so they're not really grounded in the Bible. And so they're not really in love with the Lord. And so it, it, it's kind of like a three-legged stool a little bit, right? It's not like, it's like, well, I got tons of Bible knowledge, therefore I'm good. It's spirit-filled, church-informed Bible knowledge. It's Bible-driven, spirit-filled church engagement. It's it's understanding the Holy Spirit's ministry according to the Word of God and with the um, you know and within the you know and having an identity in the local church. That's what really changes a person. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's important to say like it's there's three things, but it's not like. If you if you if you score a hundred on two of the things, you really right. can kind of score a zero. Right. It's, it's, right. it's you kind of need all three working in concert. Liz, do you remember the conversation we had at the end of last week, where I I, I made the point that, um, or I, I I said to you something along the lines of, do you know if you worked for a parachurch organization as a counselor or even a different church, you wouldn't necessarily expect the same results that we see here. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And uh, help me because I don't remember, <laughs> even though it was me. But I, I yeah, I, I, go ahead. Um, so, yeah, Lou and I have the privilege of working with our members, and you know, we get to see change in their lives because you know, we y'all really want to change, y'all really want to grow in holiness, and it's um, it's not just in an hour session, 
you know, that change really happens. And what's so great is that this can be something that anyone does regularly is like, you know, we can follow the scriptures. And so you don't have to just come to counseling to work this out. And so we see people come to counseling, but then they're also working this out in their community groups right. and their cohorts in with their pastors. serve teams with the right. pastors. And so um, there's more, uh, we see more change rapidly accelerated, I guess you could say growth. You remember the comment I made about the hospital? Yes, yes. There's better medicine in our, in the yeah, church. When I, when I first got here, more I, was, I was here about a year and Blake <laughs> asked me, um, did you have as much success in your previous ministry? I said, I had a lot of success in the, in the previous church. And I thought about it. And uh, I said, but things are different here. Things are, are even better here. And he asked me, why is that? And so, I, again, I thought about it, and I, I said, and our church is not perfect, and the previous church that Jason and I came from was a very good church, but we just have such a good hospital here in the sense of we have really good doctors, we have good nurses, we have good medicine, we have good operating equipment. I mean, God has really provided us at, at Christ's Covenant um, a wonderful hospital to help people deal with these issues. And I think that's in part why the counseling ministry is so successful. It's not just, you know, the counselors. It's not um, just the Word of God. It's not the Holy Spirit exclusively. But it's the fact that we have a church that um, really is striving to be biblical and is healthy. Yeah, it's just like the physical health um, analogy. Again, you know, you could have the best workout routine in the world and the best medical care in the world, but if you have a bad diet, it doesn't really matter that much. Or if you have a really good diet, good medicine, but bad workout, <clears throat> you know, your, your health is always going to be lacking. And so I, I do think like being in a holistically... Uh, you know, faithful environment is really what leads us to godliness. And that's here the goal. And so all of these things, what, what is the goal here? The goal here is that we would further be conformed to the image of Christ. And in so being, find our real identity, purpose, and joy, and bring God glory. And so I wish we had more time, guys. Mm -hmm. I know y'all got to go. The counseling, the counseling ministry never sleeps here, guys, not <laughs> even podcasts. And so... For Lou Priolo and Liz Franchot, I'm Jason Dees. Thank you.